0: Greetings in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank God for you joining us this morning at our Sunday School Hour. We greet you in the name of his marvelous name this morning, Jesus the Christ. He's coming to us on this resurrection morning. We thank God for joining us on On the Wall. He ministers here in Vista, Virginia. We thank God for each of you this morning. April 9th, our Lesson 6 coming out of our Standard Commentary. Uh, any commentary other than uh, Union Gospel Press will follow our lesson plan, but if you've got the universal lesson plan, you should be following right along with us this morning. If not, our lesson coming to you this morning, Disciples Believe in the Resurrection uh, in Luke 24th chapter verses 13 through 27 verses 30 to 31. Hopefully, as we look at our lesson this morning, we'll be able to look at Uh, Our lesson aims exploring or experience in the resurrection. uh, Summarize the conversion that took place on the road to Emmaus. And then compare and contrast uh, the disciples' experiences with Jesus as they did or did not recognize him. And then write a prayer uh, for you to open uh, uh, Jesus, to open up your eyes, to be able to see the presence of him in your personal life. And during your personal road to Emmaus, times that you have in your own personal life. So hopefully we'll look at the lesson today to look at how the disciples believe the resurrection coming out of Luke 24, 13 through 27, 30 through 31. Let us read our uh, lesson for this morning, beginning with that 13th verse. And behold, two men went on the same day to the village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together, and all these had happened. And, and it came to pass that when they communed together and reasoned, Jesus draw near and went with them. And their eyes were holding that they did not know him. And they said to them, and he said unto them, What manner of communications are you that have one to another as ye walk in are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, he answering, uh, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things that have come to pass these days? And he said unto them, What things? And art they said unto him, Concerning Jesus Nazareth, which was uh, the prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. Verse 20 And how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. And uh, verse 21, But we trusted that it had been which had been redeemed of Israel, and beside all this, today is the third day since these things had done. Yea, and certain women also of our community made an astonished, and were early at the sepulchre, and when they had found not his body, they came saying that they had seen an angel, or vision of angels, that said that he was alive. Verse 24, And a certain of them that were with us went to the sepulchre and found, even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. 25. And they said unto them, O fools, slow of heart, believe all that the prophets had spoken. Verse 26 says, Ought not Christ have suffered these things and entered into his glory? Verse 27, And beginning that Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all of the descriptions concerning himself. Verse 30, And it came to pass that he is meet with them, and he took bread and blessed it and bright and gave it to them. Verse 9, our final verse, And their eyes were opened, and they knew not, and he vanished out of their sight. That's our key text for this morning. Again, we want to summarize this conversation that took place on the road to Emmaus, then compare and contrast uh, the disciples' experiences of Jesus when they did not or then did recognize him and then write a prayer where well, God has, opened, uh, has been opened to Jesus, how our eyes have been opened to Jesus in his presence during the personal road to him. He made us in our own personal lives. So let us get upon our introduction this morning. The resurrection resolution. He said, "What do you think when you hear about revolution? Perhaps you think about some political revolution or like the American Revolution, but other the bloody." There are much less bloody revolutions that have since occurred, and these revolutions have provided similar sense of cultural change and upheaval uh, in their wake. And beginning with the creation of the transistor radio back in the mid-20th century, the digital revolution began and has changed the way people engaged with the world. From the transistor radio came the ability for more advanced communications and computers and and ultimately the internet. And by the 21st century, millions of transistors could be placed on a single microchip. And these microchips are, are the computing power behind this more than electronic industry that we're in today, but because of the digital revolution and the results uh, of the ease of access to computers in everyday life has changed one way or another for each one of us. Mm -hmm. And any person who have access to the internet can't experience a life previously thought it was unattainable. All of this has resulted in humanities transition into the era of history the information age. And the story of scripture comes to the climax with the revolution of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This revolution uh, overthrew the reign of death and brought the possibility of new life and won freedom to each one of us, those who are in fear and in despair. Today's scripture reveals the surprising nature of that revolution. In our lesson context this morning, Scripture follows all women who discovered the empty tomb. And this, uh, the two apostles that were, uh, that, that, that wanted to seize the empty tomb for themselves uh, talking about John and Peter but many of the first century Jews believed in uh, the bodily resurrection of the dead and and some didn't you had the difference between the Pharisees who believed in resurrection and the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection but this doctrine was rooted in Old Testament uh, prof- uh, prophecy by Daniel and Jewish texts of the period Whether it was old or new testament, developed this doctrine further as we look at our text today. Not all Jews, however, we said believed in the resurrection. Jesus' followers, uh, though skeptical of the empty tomb, they were not in that group. They believed in the resurrection, but they would not have have entirely denied Mm -hmm. the possibility of it happening, even though they were skeptical. So that's where we are in our lesson this morning. The journey begins coming out of Luke 24th chapter verses 13 through 14 or 13 through 16. But we're looking at distress by them. Uh, verse 13 said Behold, two of them went in the same day in this village called Emmaus, uh, which was from uh, Jerusalem about three score furlongs. So here they're saying is that those two travelers who were uh, they are probably at the time, maybe in the upper room when Jesus, when uh, maybe later on, maybe in the upper room when the Holy Ghost came and fell upon them. But they were there uh, during the time when Jesus was being crucified, and then that's why he said, And behold, what two of them, two of them who were there witnessing the time of experiencing uh, the death uh, of Jesus on the cross, and, and they had also heard of the resurrection. He said that they were about. Uh, three score of uh, furlongs away, so that means about what 60 furlongs away, about seven miles. I believe our lesson says that about seven miles away, a one day journey. Uh, they might have came to uh, Jerusalem at that time because of the Passover. They came because of the Passover, and then they were going back home. So these travelers had come and they had uh, experienced and observed the Passover, now they're on their way back home. So as verse 14 says, but as they talked together of all of the things that had happened, so if they were leaving, they were talking about what had happened and those experiences of Jesus being arrested and then being uh, uh, tried and being crucified, but also of the resurrection. They had the news of the resurrection. It was sad that Jesus had been uh, killed on the cross. They were following Jesus and under his teachings, and, and they were sad because of the fact that he had been uh, crucified on the cross. But the thing is that they had heard a glimpse of some good news. They heard the good news that those ladies had, had witnessed that Jesus had written Verse 15, he says that it came to pass while they had communed together and they reasoned, Jesus himself drew new and went with them. This word reason means they, they debated. They were debating over what was going on, whether they believed it or not. Or was each of the details who had heard? You know how rumors are. They hear rumors of what was going on, or they sometimes you can't even believe what you see yourself. You experience certain things, and then uh, you you you're not sure. So you kind of debating: Did we really see what we saw? Or did uh, did it really happen? What we heard. So they were debating among themselves. They were reasoning, and while they were reasoning, uh, you know how Jesus even uh, those uh, Pharisees. Jesus consents. And when they were reasoning among themselves, they were debating about it. Jesus had this ability to to, to see and to hear and to know and discern what was in their hearts. And he says in verse 15, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So Uh, God had put a uh, a blinders over their eyes where they couldn't recognize who Jesus was. And uh, they they knew, they had experienced, and they said they had seen everything that had happened in Jerusalem. And they they knew what was going on. So they probably had known Jesus personally. But because uh, Jesus wanted them to come to some place of understanding before he revealed himself to them. He said their eyes were what? Holding and they could not know who he was. Mm-hmm. Then we get into the traveler's lament. Uh, verse 17 through 24. Despair. Verse 17 says, And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one with another as ye walk and are sad? Again, I said Again, as I told you, they were walking along talking about the incidents that were happening. So Jesus then not inquisitive, because Jesus knows everything. He knows all. He knows all. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. He's everywhere. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. So he knows and he understands everything. But he asked them so that they could be able to uh, open up about the conversations. Anytime you talk to someone, especially in counseling, it's good to start off with a question, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't come in. Let everybody know that you know everything but you come in and you ask the question is this the way it is you know a lot of times in leadership you have to ask questions rather than giving orders mm-hmm. is, it, is it well for us to start the new building program is it well for us to start the new outreach program when you ask the church in that way they give input then you know where their heart is if you tell them we're gonna start the outreach ministry, then you find out that you're the only one outreaching. Out, you're the only one. outreach, and you're the only one. But ask the question to find out where people's hearts are. Mm-hmm. Verse 18, he said, and one of them whose name was Cleopas, answering unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass these days? So Cleophas said that you must know. You must be out of town. You were in Jerusalem. You would have known what was going on. This was all the news. It was on every channel. You know, we didn't have channels back in then. But it was on every channel. It was on every station. It was on uh, MSNBC. And it was on Fox News. And if it was on Fox News, you know everybody should have knew all about it. And it was the truth. Well, That's another message. Ain't it? Huh? And one of them said, you know, you should have known about it. it. You must be a stranger. If you were there, you would have known what was going on. So mm-hmm. cleophas was surprised that this traveler was unaware of those events. So Jesus had taught openly in Jerusalem. He had not hid himself. Crowd gathered around everywhere he walked. They gathered around for the trial and the crucifixion. So he assumed that this traveler would have known. But the person seemed to be a stranger was only the individual that was involved in the whole situation. He was the center of the attraction. But he showed up and wanted to know. And verse 19 says that he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which is a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And he said, what things? Jesus wanted to know to them to know what things that they understood what was going on so he uh, asked them and they said concerning jesus ain't it good to know when people ask you what you going to church for he said should be concerning jesus ain't it what is your new life in relationship with christ all about it's about him it's not about anything else it's about jesus Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, he said that what? He was a mighty prophet in deed and work before God and all the people. He said he did not hide himself. Okay. He did not do anything that wasn't open to the public. So why wouldn't you know who he is? So mm-hmm. they were trying to let Jesus understand that everything that was going on was not hid. It. it was openly done. You should have known about it. So these two, Jesus power was evident through his teaching and his miraculous deeds however even Moses he said was mighty in words but did the travelers believe that Jesus was more than a prophet was he truly the son of God that's what we have to answer for ourselves what is Jesus to you is he just a prophet or is he really the son of God is he the savior of the world Is he the king of kings or is he the Lord of lords in your life? You're going to have to ask the question, answer the question, what is Jesus to you one day? Verse 20 says, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned and has crucified him. Uh, Jesus had warned his disciples about his arrest and and specifically the Jewish leaders that would reject and instigate him being arrested and eventually be brought to death. And then was fulfilled when Pilate called the people and the chief rulers together and he said that I find no fault in the man. So that whole uh, death of Jesus Christ fell on them. So you couldn't blame the Romans. See, no first century Jew anticipated that God's Messiah would have been condemned to death and to be crucified. Last week, remember what I told you in our message? He said, even the donkey knew. When you start having expectations of who Jesus is and what Jesus is supposed to do, and then all of a sudden your expectations are not fulfilled, sometimes you're disheartened. They didn't understand how could the Messiah, the one who's come, to free us from this captivity of this Roman rule over us, how could he be condemned to death and crucified? The Roman uh, government, they used crucifixion as a tool of terrorism to terrorize the subjects and to be able to assert their authority over them. Jesus' followers expected him to overcome that. So they then how could the one, the Messiah, come? that would come to overcome the rule that the Romans had over us, how could he come and be crucified by the very one that he was supposed to overcome? Mm-hmm. See, he didn't come to overcome a people, he came to overcome the demonic spirit that's in the world that has taken our eyes off God. God came to put to death the demonic spirits that is separating us, not to take down the rule of government, God wanted to take the devil down. That's his rule. Take the devil down. Don't take down governments. Because governments will rise again. But the thing is, if you take the devil down, it's going to be finally mm-hmm. Take the devil down for finally. That's what Jesus is going to do in his last day, ain't it? Mm-hmm. But then verse 21 said, But we trusted that it would have been he who should have redeemed Israel. They said, We were disappointed. We were sad because of the fact we were looking for him to come in victoriously margin, like I said last week, as a, uh, a, a triumphant king in the eyes of David. Looking like the king of David. David, the king who killed tens of thousands. And why didn't Jesus Christ come? We were looking for him to redeem Israel. So, like I said, when your expectations are looking for one thing, sometimes you don't see how God has blessed you right in front of your eyes. He said, by saying should have redeemed, these travelers shared the same viewpoint. They had hoped and trusted that Jesus would be the people to be able to uh, release them from foreign oppression. To see Jesus put to death was horrifying and, and brought them disappointment and sadness for a deeper study. He said concept of redemption and expectations of redeemer. We need to look at some other scriptures that they are noted in our lesson. Luke 168 238 21 25 and 28 You need to understand that Jesus those individuals were disheartened because they wanted some to physically remove Roman oppression away from them not someone to tell you to love your enemy." uh to 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 love them who despitefully use you that's not the message they wanted they wanted a message to look people want to get even though mm-hmm. I don't get mad I get even they didn't want it they wanted to get even but they did not want for Jesus to come along in the manner that they wanted a redeeming king like David not one who would be killed. And have the death on the cross. Verse 21b says that. And besides this, on the third day, since these things were done, we heard that he was going to rise up on the third day, but this is the third day, and we have not seen anything happen yet. So, here are more disappointment. They hadn't seen him, that nothing had happened. He said what he said, but we heard that the women said that he had rose from the dead, but do we really know? Huh? Do we really know? So if something should have happened by now, that's what they had said, ain't it? Verse skepticism, coming out of verses 22 and 23. He said, yea, certain women of the country had made had been astonished, in early Deceptic, and early the Septicunet found not his body, and they came and said, they had also seen a vision of an angel, he said that he was alive. So here, uh, their disappointment and skepticism, they're saying, we're looking for a king that to, to, to be able to, To rescue us from the Roman oppression. Then he came and he was crucified. He died on the cross. And now the angels are saying, telling the young ladies who went to an empty tomb that he's alive. Mm -hmm. So something don't sound right, does it? See, when things don't go along with your expectations, sometimes things don't sound right, even if it's the truth. Ain't it? The two were part of all of the rest. They said they had to receive the of These women regarding the empty tomb. Verse twenty-four said, and a certain one of them who were with us went into the sepulchre and found, even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. Even they said, "Uh, you remember, I think last week said that uh, during a certain time women had a right to be a witness." Then all of a sudden, uh. It was made that women were not a rightful witness. But then he's saying what a certain of them, when they went to the scepter, they found so as the women said. Yeah. They were saying that, that the, the, the women, we couldn't believe them, but had somebody validated what the women said. Yep. and 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 But they didn't see him there. He was mm-hmm. not there. Unexpected appearances, they said. You know, we, we, we expect certain things and then when we don't see what they expect, we get disheartened, disappointed, don't know what to do. But thing is how the stranger responds. Let's look at Luke yes. 25, 27, 30, and 31. Mm-hmm. Corrective teaching. Then Jesus said unto them, O fools, and so the heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He said that by calling these uh, travelers fools, Jesus had a tradition that the Hebrew wisdom literature many times called People, they were folly of fools. They were fools to believe—not not fools in the general that we use fools, but people that that were uh, uh, not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? that they were ignorant of what the truth was. And he said, they're fools. And they used the same underlying Greek word when to rebuke people for being led astray by what? False teachings, I said earlier. In okay. this book, he called them fools. And have you not heard what the prophets have said? No, these were Jewish students, men. Okay. Let's, let's put it. Men were able to get educated they were able to go to yeah. the synagogues and to the t- temples, and they took Christian education as young men. They didn't take a reading, arithmetic, and, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. They took what? Bible teaching. They were taught. So they were knowledgeable in what the Old Testament had proclaimed. So Jesus said, you fools, slow the heart to believe what the prophets have spoken. You know what the prophets have said. All of you were raised and taught mm-hmm. as young men to believe what the prophets had said about the coming of the Messiah. Yeah. Why are you not understanding what is going on? I said last week, sometimes when a donkey can get it, and sometimes we just don't get it, ain't it? Huh? An animal sometimes can get it, and we don't get it. My wife and I were looking at a, a, a program this week. It was a nature program, and they were down in, um, I think, Amazon or something. They had these little, it wasn't a tiger, but it was a cat, a small cat. And the cat was over there messing with a, 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 a cobra snake. And after a while, the mama just sat there and looked at him. After a while, that young fella got it. He figured if he kept messing with this cobra, he was going to And the mama was just sat there looking. And then he sat there and looked and finally realized, see, sometimes you might not get it in the, in the beginning, but God gives you time. Ain't? His long suffering and his patience allows you the time to get it. So here, this, 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 they finally got it. He said, You fools, you should have got it. Mm-hmm. But he says, Ought not Christ have suffered the things that the Bible had pro- pro- prophesied and enter into his glory? Mm-hmm. How can God not enter into his glory through Christ Jesus without doing everything that God sent him to do? Mm-hmm. See, God sent him into the world to die for our sins. Ain't? Mm-hmm. So the only way that he can enter into his glory is to what? To suffer. He says that ought not Christ have suffered these things to enter into his glory? God? Look, God made you for a purpose. God created Jesus, or God sent Jesus, excuse me. He didn't create Jesus. God sent Jesus to the world for what? A purpose. Mm-hmm. So you have a divine purpose, mm-hmm. and nothing will happen until that purpose is what? Yes. Is fulfilled. He says, ought not Christ have suffered? That was the fulfillment of why God sent me here on earth as a, 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 a sacrificial lamb, the paschal lamb, the sacrificial lamb to die for the sins of the world. And this is why, and I cannot be glorified until that happened. And then he said, and beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So he said that I'm going I'm to go back and refresh your memory. I know you, you've you studied this and you know about Isaiah and Daniel and all of the prophets, Jeremiah. We're going to go over this and we're going to show you how those things pointed to me. See, the Old Testament, y'all, y'all listen, the Old Testament points toward the cross, forward. Mm-hmm. The New Testament points back to the cross, mm-hmm. but everything goes what? To the cross, ain't it? The Old Testament points forward to Jesus, and then we got the New Testament that's pointing us what? Back to Jesus. Everything meets where? At the cross. So, everything's at the cross. He said, and the beginning with the Moses and the prophets, he expounded on everything concerning himself. So, they should have known about it. There's some things in our lesson today uh, that you need to probably get to read. You probably, I cannot get into how the divisions of the Old Testament were in our lesson. But if you got our lesson, it talks about, we, we got like five divisions of books in the Old Testament. Here was like of. Uh, or three divisions of books in the Old Testament. And they reported that first was the writing of Moses, you know, and and then that were the Pentecost for the what five books of the Torah of the law, you know. And then the second one was the Hebrew word for the prophet, the books of the prophets. And then the third one was called called the books of uh, the other books of the Old Testament, so, mm-hmm. or of the of the minor prophets. So he he gave us. He said that you should have known what was written in the Old Testament concerning me. So Jesus opened up the scriptures, and 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 I think it's later on in our text that they're not going to say that he said that he opened up the scriptures, and 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 they revealed unto him those things. It says verse thirty. And it came to pass as he sat deep with them. He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Can you imagine coming to somebody else's house and then you being the host? Huh? He came to that house and he sat meat with them or he came and said that that camp. He said that your camp. Mm-hmm. I come in while you're at your camp and I come and meet and said that your camp. And then while I'm at your camp, I take over and start breaking the bread. Okay. So he said as the travels were near, they invited Jesus to stay with them that night. You know, and then their invitation did not imply that they were unaware of the stranger's identity, and they extended hospitality to him. Yeah. And then he said, sharing a meal. Sharing a meal is how we all show hospitality. Mm-hmm. Uh, one traveler would presumably serve the meal's host. But however, what Jesus took upon himself. The role of a host. And and that's what Jesus wants you and I to be. I think I posted on Facebook. And and a lot of times we don't get it. He said that. If a disciple. If a disciple. Never leads anybody else to Christ. Discipleship stops with him. Mm -hmm. See. God wants us to be a disciple. That makes he said go ye into all the earth make other disciples. Our duty is to make other disciples. He said that if a disciple don't disciple others, discipleship stops. Mm -hmm. That means that you led nobody to Christ. Mm -hmm. That individual leads nobody to Christ. So you did a multiplication, a negative multiplication of things happening in your life because you failed to move. How many things could have happened if you would have moved? But the things it will never happen if you don't move, you've got to move. But here Jesus said that he came and invited them in. He took the bread. He blessed them. He broke it. And he gave it to them. He showed the hospitality. It parallels the aspects of his final meal that he had with his disciples when he was in that upper room. When he shared with them the Holy Communion. Verse 31. And their eyes were open. See, when God gives you the bread of life. When God gives you the water. That that, that that flows through our heart and our veins. It opens our eyes. He said their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. You know, vanished out of their sight. And I think the verses that we uh, would have read later on, uh, he says is that then our hearts burn. Huh? Huh? Then our hearts burn as we walk with him as he went along the way. Huh? Doesn't your heart burn when Jesus coming to you? When he opens up your eyes, what you can finally see the realities of life and, and see how uh, real he is and how the world is. And, and you see those realities and all of a sudden when he opens up your eyes, you'll be able to see everything that God has. And then once he opens your eyes, he says your heart should burn. No, as you talk with him, as you walk with him, as he opened up those scriptures to see the truths that are hidden in his word. Mm-hmm. So God's word is to be able to help us and to be able to give us what we need. So as we look at our conclusion this morning, the digital revolution has provided a uh, great advances in the humanity. And improve productivity, improve communication, rapid communication. Only time will tell if those benefits will be outweighed by the cost of the revolution. Example issues related to online privacy and personal addictions. I I, I had this week. Even myself, someone called me on, on a scam and said your bill is overdue since last June, and you owe us four hundred and ninety-two dollars. I got a bill. That, that almost a year overdue and you ain't but $400 behind, I said, look, I don't have a bill with you. But the thing is, because of this this uh, 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 digital revolution, we are exposed now to scammers and, mm-hmm. and, and, and everybody that can come and see your information. This lady gave me my information from this company, so I called the company and told them, somebody is scamming with information that is private. Out of your system mm-hmm. see that's what happens the digital revolution there opens us up so it says that uh, issues that's related to privacy and personal addictions and things like that we're going to see they're going to have what cost attributed to them. Mm-hmm. travelers in today's scripture experienced a what resurrection revolution in our text today that brought on a personal revolution for each one of us see what Christ did it created a re- resurrection revolution that you and I can be involved in. We can experience that. Their sad outlook was transformed when he shared the meal with them as the resurrected Christ. This revolution brought these two travelers a joy, enthusiasm, and peace, but it also meant that they reordered their priorities. See, when Christ opens your eyes, now you become, what, accountable to the things that, remember I said, it's sad that a a disciple does not regenerate other disciples. It's sad when the discipleship stops with you because of what, your failure to take the charge and move it on. See, they received the correction but they were reminded how the scripture pointed toward Christ's resurrection and the resulting revolution that will happen. So the question is, are you attentive to the ways that the resurrection can change your expectations and your life? Uh, are you aware of what can happen when you have the resurrected Christ in your life? Once you come and once he opens your eyes, then you are able to see the goodness of the Lord and how. He can impact you and change you and make you into that which He desires you to be. So our prayer today is to Heavenly Father, Jesus' resurrection has changed the world. Mm -hmm. Show us how you might better teach us your word Mm -hmm. for other people to believe in you and to be able to see how that word has changed our life, so that we can be an impact on other people's lives and. If God changed us, he can change them. That's the good news, ain't it? In the name of Jesus, let us all say amen. Amen. So far, I thought to remember for today. Jesus' resurrection brings a revolution. Are you living in it? Are you part of the revolution? Are you taking your part as a soldier to be in the revolutionary army of the Lord? God is looking for some soldiers. He's looking for men, women, boys, and girls who are willing and able to go out and do the great work that he has assigned us to do. So are you willing today? So are you living in it? Are you part of the revolution? Well, we thank God this morning for you joining us at our Sunday School Hour. We're going to prepare to get into our morning message again. We want to thank God for you uh, just tuning in. We see those popping up each Sunday on our uh, our, our post and your, and and we just thank God for you. Um, just continue praying for us. But on this resurrection morning, isn't it good to know that God rose on this morning, gave us victory over sin, death, in the grave. Now, you and I have a right to the tree of life. We don't have to live uh, defeated. We can live in victory. We don't have to walk around and be sad like these two men on the road to the Emmaus, but we can have joy because we know now for a fact that God has risen through his son, Jesus Christ, and now we don't have to face the difficulties of this world alone. That's good news all by itself, isn't it? Alrighty, so we're gonna have my wife got a song about women don't